Shabbat Shalom. As Rabbi Glenn said, in a few short days, people around the world will celebrate the most important person who has ever lived, who has ever been born, Messiah Yeshua. He who is fully God and fully man. And as we know, Messiah Yeshua was born in humble circumstances, yet the Gospel of Matthew tells us that his birth was prophesied by angels and fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 7.14. And in that verse, we read that the prophecy is that a virgin woman would bear a son and his name would be called Emmanuel. God is with us or God with us. Now, this symbolic name represented Messiah Yeshua's ministry on earth, God walking among us. Messiah Yeshua taught, he comforted, he rebuked, he convicted, he healed, he wept, he blessed, and did so many other wonderful works. His life on earth ended with his sinless death, but it did not stop there. He was buried and he rose from the grave. But the work of Messiah Yeshua does not end with the Gospels. Today, right in this very moment, Messiah Yeshua is with every one of his disciples. He is with us through the Holy Spirit, who dwells in us as Messiah Yeshua dwelled on earth and will once again at his glorious return. Now this morning, I would like to spend some time contemplating the indwelling or incarnation of God in every believer's life. How through his incarnation in our hearts, we experience real transformation, power, strength, and love, too great to fully comprehend. The power of God transforming our lives is probably my favorite theme to preach about in all of scripture. And this morning, let us consider this wonderful truth in an amazing prayer given by Rabbi Paul, writing to Messiah's community at Ephesus in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. We begin with verse 16, and I'll be reading from the NLT this morning. Rabbi Paul says, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So this prayer we find in Ephesians begins with Rabbi Paul praying that we would all experience the glorious power of Adonai. You know, as human beings, we need power and strength to just keep moving physically forward. Our bodies consume energy. It's why we eat. We burn calories to move forward, to live, to do everything we do in our lives. And much of modern life today is tied to ex external forms of power or energy. How often do we check to see how much power is left in our phones or computers now, even our cars run on electricity, at least some of them. And they always seem to run out of power at the most inconvenient time. Whenever you really need your phone, that's when you find it's on 5% and ready to shut off. 
We also, many of us need substances like coffee filled with caffeine to keep ourselves charged. You know, I'm not somebody who drinks coffee. I hate the taste of it, but I know many people who you don't want to interact with them until they have their morning cup of joe. And judging by your laughter, that's probably many of you with us today. So we need physical forms of energy. We may also try to emotionally charge ourselves with other people. And that can be healthy to a point, but we can also go beyond what is healthy. Spiritually, we can dangerously try to charge ourselves with man-made man-made forms of religion. So physical, emotional, spiritual. But eventually, whether it is the physical, the emotional, or the spiritual, man-made power dims and runs out. We grow weary. We become fatigued. A fatigue that we can feel sometimes more than just in our bones. Fatigue, which is beyond the physical. We can have emotional fatigue. We can even have spiritual fatigue. Only when the Lord is incarnate in us do we have access to his unlimited, glorious power. So if we have the Lord dwelling inside us, then we have access to a source of strength that will never run out. Inner strength, strength right down to our kishkas, to our guts, Yiddish kishkas, guts our innermost parts. Only the Lord's strength allows us to survive and grow despite the traumas and tragedies of a spiritually dark world we live in. And I need to talk to you about traumas and tragedies in this world today. The Holy Spirit, who is God, is a manifestation of this power in each of our lives. He is the one who ministers to each one of us and fills us with a strength that will never run out. It's a beautiful picture Rabbi Paul paints for us here in this verse. But there's more. Next verse. The Messiah will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So when we join ourselves to Messiah Yeshua and accept by faith the grace he has provided us, we read here that something wonderful happens. The Lord begins to make our hearts his home. He's more than a spiritual battery in our lives. Personal transformation happens. We begin to truly experience why he is called Emmanuel as he is with us always. This dwelling by the Lord does not stop at that moment, that moment you truly put your faith in Messiah Yeshua, but it's a lifelong, continuous process. For the rest of our lives, the Lord transforms us from within. The idea of Messiah being incarnate in our lives is pictured here like a home. It's a beautiful picture. You know, God doesn't just come and visit us from time to time, stop in for a cup of coffee, and then leave. He promises to live with us. You know, there's a level of intimacy in sharing your home with someone. You know, we're guarded when we, 
let strangers into our home, right? Someone weird comes to your door, chances are you're not going to invite them in. You're going to be suspicious of strangers. Now, it's one thing to let somebody into your home, but it's another thing to live with someone that's even more personal. I'm sure we can all think of people, even family, that we don't mind having over, but would never want to live with. Have them over for dinner, maybe overnight, but you need to go back home after about 24 hours. God, though, is wonderful to live with. As the Lord takes up residence in our hearts, we grow in our faith, and we experience amazing transformation. You know, I was rereading this earlier today, and I was thinking of that, I think it's still on TV, that TV show Extreme House Makeover, where they come in and demolish the home, right, and they come back in like three days, and it's a wonderful transformation. You know, this is Extreme Home Makeover God Edition, the home in our hearts. And it ain't a shoddy job either. We are transformed. How are we transformed? Well, we become more like our wonderful Messiah, who is patient, calm, joyful, wise. The fruits of the Spirit. We have more of that in our lives. We are less angry, jealous, prideful, sinful, the works of the flesh. All these things and more are possible through God dwelling inside us. So Rabbi Paul's desire in this prayer should be ours as well. The desire that we grow deep roots. Now, I am no gardener. For gardening advice, you need to call Rabbi Lauren. Okay, I'll probably kill whatever's in your yard. But you know, I, I was in elementary school. We did learn a couple things about plants. I know how roots work, and I'm guessing you do as well. Roots ground a plant. They nourish it. So when the Lord is incarnate in our lives, we shouldn't settle for the superficial and shallow. We don't want shallow roots. We want deep roots. We want to go deeper. We want to have a faith that is grounded, that is the bedrock of our lives. A faith that gives us the strength we need to grow and flourish. And the source of that strength is the Lord. So the Lord makes his strength available for us, but it is through our trust in him and the Messiah dwelling in us that we access that strength. So not only is he the one creating the roots, he's giving us what nourishes us, his strength and power. So from beginning to end, or as Rabbi Glenn is fond of saying, from soup to nuts, our transformative faith is all dependence on the Lord. But there's more to Rabbi Paul's prayer. We go on. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. To have Messiah incarnate in us means more than just the power to endure life. We are also given the power to begin to understand life in this world and the Lord. Through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, we grow in knowledge 
about what and who is most important, the Lord. To truly know God is the business of every disciple. That's why Rabbi Paul says, as all God's people should. It means you should care about this. Each of us should know the depths and breadth of the Lord's unfailing love. Do you? Well, if we don't, how do we learn it? Now, this isn't meant to be from academic knowledge, but experience. You know, intellectually and doctrinally understanding the nature of our creator is important. You know, when you study theology, it's, it's kind of where you start. It's with the Bible and who God is. It's the foundations for what we believe. And I enjoy a good intellectual discussion as much as the next person. But we can know something in our heads without knowing it in our hearts. Experiencing the living God in our lives teaches us about his love in a way words can never accomplish. By having Messiah Yeshua dwelling in our hearts, making it his home, we experience daily the love of God, and we grow in that knowledge. And so in every situation of our lives, from the highs to the lows and everything in between, we will grow in the knowledge of God's love. And that knowledge will change us as the love of God fills our lives and transforms us from within. It's a beautiful idea, beautiful picture here. And yet there's still more. May you experience, Rabbi Paul prays, the love of Messiah, though it is too great to understand fully. So in the previous verse, we're talking about the knowledge of God. Now Rabbi Paul is telling us it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You know, after considering everything we've talked about, I think we know why Rabbi Paul wants everyone to experience the love of Messiah. It's a pretty wonderful thing. The good news is really great news. And so he prays here that we would know the unknowable, the love of God. Sort of an oxymoron here. Even though God's love is too vast for us to know fully, we can still experience it daily and grow in that knowledge. We will never fully understand God, not in this life or the next. That's why he's God and we're not, okay? But we can grow in that knowledge. We'll learn a lot in this life, and in the next, we'll learn even more. Experiencing the life and power that is only found in him is Rabbi Paul's prayer here. And so, you know, we use uh, the $7 word is sanctification. You may have heard that before, which is really the transforming through the Holy Spirit of our lives. When we talk about sanctification, this is what we're talking about. God making our hearts his home, transforming us, being filled with the power, the love, the knowledge of God. So we should desire more not less of the Lord in our lives. I think a lot of times we settle for less. 
our hearts will then echo Rabbi Paul's heart as we pray for the full measure of the Lord, complete with all the fullness. That's what Rabbi Paul prays here. Every last drop of God's power and his love and his glory and his majesty, he's praying would be manifested in our lives. A prayer that we would experience all the power the Lord has for us. And this is power here, right? Not to maybe work miracles or externally demonstrate power to other people. It's certainly not to boast, but it's power that enables us to be completely transformed. You know, since time immemorial, there have been hucksters, charlatans, imposters, and scammers promising us the secrets to a life transformed. Promises that if we are willing to give our time and energy to them, we can receive a surefire method to gain wealth, power, and strength that no one else has. And when you're dealing with those people, the first question you have to ask yourself, particularly if it's about money, is if you think this will make me so rich, how come you're not doing it and keeping it for yourself? Because you're so generous? I don't think so. Okay? You know, that's one of the easiest ways you can spot these scammers. But there's so many of them. You know, it used to be they'd you know, have a little tent and come to your town now, thanks to the power of the internet. You go to YouTube, you go to the TikTok, you go to Snapchat, whatever you like. Anywhere you go, Facebook, you'll find them. Hawking their goods, trying to deceive everybody. Christians, Messianic Jews, atheists, New Agers, doesn't matter. There's a scam for everybody. And when these man-made methods run out or fail, which they always do, we, the suckers, those who get sucked in, are then blamed, right? It's never their fault. It's our fault. We're, not, we're blamed for not giving enough, for not understanding enough, or working hard enough. You know, the good news of Messiah Yeshua is that having him incarnate in our lives is not dependent on us. He has done the work already of satisfying the price of our sins. Our priceless Messiah offers to make us his temple with no money required. All we must do is believe in him by faith and obey his teachings, which is what he empowers us to do through the Holy Spirit. And this is not just my opinion, but it's a promise from Messiah Yeshua himself, recorded in John 14, 23, there we read, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. And we, notice the plural, will come to them and make our home with them. That's a promise from Messiah Yeshua. And let me tell you, you just got to read a couple pages of the Bible to realize God always keeps his promises. Therefore, the question we must all ask ourselves is if Messiah Yeshua is alive in our hearts, have we placed our lives in his wonderful loving hands? And if so, are we experiencing his transformation? If not, if we haven't, maybe this is your first time here today. Maybe God has led you to this moment. If not, what better time than now? A time for joy to the world as we celebrate Messiah Yeshua. You know, it's not a decision to put off 
because our Messiah Yeshua, our Messiah also gives us this promise at the end of the Bible, in Revelation 3.20. There he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. You know, when someone knocks at the door, they're expecting you to open it. If we do not open the doors of our hearts to Messiah Yeshua, we will never experience real transformation in this life and eternal life in the world to come. Now, if we have welcomed Yeshua into our hearts, then our prayer can be the same as Rabbi Paul's. A prayer that we would renew our commitment to the Lord and ask for more of his love and power, more of him in our lives. That classic song we love to sing here at Shema. Asking him to help us throw off whatever sins this day entangles us. To not settle for the version of ourselves we are today, but continue to experience more of his glorious transforming power. You know, the older we are, I know I'm only 34, but I got some gray hair, so I feel like I could say this, okay? The older we are, the easier I think it is for us to settle, to assume we are fine just the way we are and brush off the convicting words of our brothers and sisters or the Holy Spirit. You know, if we think this way, we not only rob ourselves of experiencing the full power of the Lord in our lives, but we shrink the Lord down to a tool for our convenience. You know, someone who is only allowed access to some of the rooms in our heart homes, but not all, where we say to God, listen, you can make your, our heart your home, but there's, you know, a couple rooms in the basement we don't want you to go into, Okay. You know, there's some places that are closed for renovation that we'll deal with in the future. We don't want that whole house transformation, just the front half, please. The reality, though, is that the Lord must be incarnate in every area of our lives, especially in the darkest, the messiest, and even most stubborn areas. Many of you are probably aware I like to end all my messages with a prayer usually threefold. This morning, though, I can think of no better way to end this prayer by Rabbi Paul than with his own final prayer for this section, specifically what is known as a doxology or a prayer praising the Lord, which is found in verses 20 and 21. It's a beautiful prayer prayed by countless disciples for almost 2,000 years. This prayer can only be prayed by those who belong to the living God. Believers who have seen his glory in their lives and know that he is infinitely greater than we can ever imagine. We read, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I can think of a lot of things, and I can certainly ask for a lot of stuff. God can do more than we can think or ask. Glory to him in the ecclesia, in the church, and in Messiah Yeshua, through all generations, forever and ever. 
And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you.